Hello, my name's Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast and I'm joined by a very tired, uh, I think, uh, still hungover from the weekend, John James. How not, are you? Not at all hungover. Are you sure? Not at all hungover. Oh, you look it, you definitely <laughs> look it. So, uh, we're going to kick off the show today by talking about uh, St. Johnson versus Patrick Thistle. Big result for St. Johnson, three wins on the bounce yeah. and uh, Michael Halloran, star man, scored again. Uh, John James, Michael Halloran, what, what else do you need to say? What more can be said? It's Mr. Just, Mr. Goals. Yes, exactly. He's got he's got he's booming with confidence right now. He's flying, getting goals, turning defences apart, and St. Johnson another very decent performance as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, that was a very bat, a battling performance. And I think Party Thistle they were obviously going to get their their first point, register their first points of the season. They they they'll be fine as well. They, they they'll they'll pick up points, but mm-hmm. St. Johnson showed they could win ugly. Yep. And that's a key key feature. Yeah, I felt as though see throughout. Yeah, I felt as though throughout the whole game, Thistle, Thistle's defender was quite poor, and they just really struggled to cope with St. Johnson, you know. So, but Thistle, as you said, will be fine. They will be fine. Um, St. Johnson, top of the league. Oh, joint top. Joint top. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Celtic, I think Celtic still got a superior goal. No, actually, no. I'm sure it's St. Johnson. Uh, anyway, joint I don't top. know. You're joint, joint top. top so. Uh, it's the best start to a league season and mm-hmm. I don't know how the, the specifics but I know it's the best start to a league season in a long time and Tommy Wright still played it down afterwards he yeah, still, I he still that. said he wasn't, he wasn't happy with the overall but like, he obviously got the three points but he wasn't happy with the overall performance but that's just him yeah he's just kind of nitpicking isn't it? yeah but I mean, the, obviously their big test comes next week I know big top of the table clash with Celtic I, I, Parkhead I still think that Celtic are they're far from the finished article yet. They're still Celtic are still trying to get the peak levels that they were at last year. St. Johnson obviously aren't at peak levels yet. It's still early season, but it'll be a good indicator of where Celtic are at and where St. Johnson are at next season. Because Celtic, that, season, yeah, because Celtic lost four three tonight. I know it doesn't matter. They're already through yeah. the Champions League, but still, that's still the first time they lost since reaching Gladbach. I think. I mean, I'm gonna highlight. I'm gonna highlight this issue. The the Celtic defence night was a uh, Lustig. Tierney, that's fine, that's fine. Ayer and Beaton. Yep. Beaton plays in defence, they concede four goals. Now, I know that that was an unpopular opinion from people that you may know, but I don't think you can argue with Beaton plays in a defence and the whole defence looks shaky and they concede four goals. Because he's not a defender, he's, he's not, not a centre-half, he's a midfielder, that's what he is. Uh, and obviously, uh, going, back, going back to St Johnson, St Johnson... If, I, do, I don't, don't think Brendan Rodgers is going to play Beaton at centre-back this weekend. I think it would be a very risky... I think O'Halloran would rip him apart. It would be a very risky, very risky to play Beaton against an informed striker in the league. Mm-hmm. Especially one who just runs at defences. And Beaton's not known for his pace. So I, I would probably presume that it's going to be back to Suminovic and possibly Ayer. But I've also heard that Celtic signed a new centre-back. Mm-hmm. Off Ajax Cape Town. So mm-hmm. I don't know when that will be confirmed. That's all just rumours now, but... Yes, I think Rodgers did know. For the Champions League, he needs like, yeah. a centre-half in. And it, Beaton is not the answer for his for those problems. Um, yeah, but uh, see, as we said, I think we said it in the last podcast about O'Halloran, if he goes in January, that's going to be a big void in that final first for uh, yeah. St. Johnson. He's winning points by himself yep. in, for the last couple of weeks. In it was a great finish as well, wasn't it? St. Johnson, uh, it was, I think it was first time. Yeah, it was a fantastic ball as well. First time finish, but... St. Johnson, obviously, I still think they'll have a contingency plan for someone that can play up front when he goes, but it's, it's, it's they can't ask for more right now. They're getting wins. They're beating tough, tough opposition. Uh, Partick Fizzle, obviously, they'll be looking at they could have took someone from the game, but ultimately what separated them is the fact that St. Johnson have a player like Michael Howard who gets a snapshot and he scores it. Meanwhile, Partick didn't really get... They haven't had a few deflected opportunities, but nothing much to go on. Mm-hmm. But... St. Johnson get the three points and still sit. Yep, exactly. I know. Three <coughs> ones on the bounce. So, how long do you think he can keep this run going? Like I said, I think Celtic is the. They've, they've had their three wins and now they're coming up against Celtic. This is their real. Can they can they do anything against Celtic? I mean, they've got the players there that can harm Celtic. It's just a case of is it Parkhead, Celtic? Are they going to be well rested after the Champions League play, uh, playing against Astana in midweek? But there's no reason why if you go to the men- if you go to Parkhead with the mentality of oh we're not going to take anything from this game, 
That's what's going to happen. And as you said, as I've said many times, Tommy Wright's a very good manager, and he'll have St Johnston set up well. They'll have you'll have them well organised, and it'll be a hard team to break down. So it's it's honestly, I would not rule out St Johnston uh, at all because it will be it will be a tough game for Celtic yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. It will be, and uh, can you imagine if St Johnston were the team to knock off Celtic, Celtic. and beat uh, end uh, their uh, unbeaten run? Really, honestly, it would be something else. Like just all the plaudits will go to Tommy Wright, St Johnson. That would be what a what a, an achievement that would be I'm for Tommy sure Wright. St Johnson have beaten Celtic before in the last couple of seasons. Yes, three, three, four seasons ago. I think it was Danny Swanson scored. I think it was Danny Swanson scored an absolute peach and they won one 0 I think that. I think that was I under that Ronnie. Was, I'm not sure it was that. Part, I think it was that Ronnie under Ronnie Dyla, yeah. But Danny obviously they don't have Danny Swanson anymore. But obviously they they do have Michael Howden so. They're probably going to need another special performance from their star men to get any... Yeah, because obviously Rodgers hasn't lost domestically, and if Tommy Knight can end that, I think feather Scottish, on the cat, that'll be... I think, this, I think Scottish football needs someone to beat Brendan Rodgers, because the English media are looking, looking at Scotland right now and thinking Brendan Rodgers was... He was a decent manager in England, but he didn't win anything with Liverpool. I would argue he wasn't all that great at Liverpool, considering how much money he actually spent on like the squad, and he couldn't even win a cup. He couldn't even reach a cup final. Ah, but he did also nearly deliver their first Premier League title, so... But then again, though, he didn't win it, though. It's not like that's a key word, nearly. Nearly. Yeah, they bottled it. I, well. yeah, I, I think Scottish football needs to... Someone needs to beat Celtic, just so that that monkey's off everyone's back, that no-one's beat Celtic in, I think it's 52 domestic games. I think, I think it might be 52. I think Kilmarnock at the weekend was 52. I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a nice segue. Uh, we'll move on to Kilmarnock and Celtic. Celtic beat uh, Kilmarnock uh, 2 0. Yeah. And it was just a, a fairly comfortable uh, performance from Celtic. Lee McCullough was quite happy after the game, though. Um, do you think uh, he was right to be happy? Because Kilmarnock weren't all that great, it's in my opinion. Try, it's about trying to get the right balance against Celtic. The, the balance that he was, what he was going for when he said was they defended well, which they did. They did. It was only, only 2 0 Celtic until Celtic only scored at the end of the first half and at the end of the second half. So for large parts of the games, Kilmarnock were keeping them quiet and that's realistic what you need to do against Celtic. You need to set up so that they're not getting many opportunities. Kilmarnock did that but they also didn't have a shot on target. <laughs> that's what you need. You need you need to find the right balance and that's what I think St. Johnson might be. St. Johnson are the first side that are going well this season that are coming up against Celtic where they need to find the balance of they need to keep them out and they need to score and having Michael Howling up this side of the pitch and having a solid defence is what you need. And obviously, I don't think Kelly. Obviously, you argue Chris Boyd, but I don't think Kelly have that that player up front. Because Chris Boyd was playing up top by himself, and that is. And plus, look at it. Like he's playing up against like defenders that are just like they're honestly they're, they're good for this league, right? And Boyd, it's a struggle with Boyd. You know, he's not the fastest guy out there, so it was it was a struggle for him. He worked hard, but wasn't getting enough service. So he was, but it's like, and I think it was just a last minute call from McCulloch. Because it was, I think it was meant to be Chris Boyd and Lee Urban up top, mm-hmm. but obviously uh, Lee Urban's girlfriend went into labour, so Chris Boyd was up top by himself. He worked hard, but it was like, obviously it was always going to be a struggle. I think the closest they came was when that uh, Brophy that they signed from Hamilton put it wide from the corner, but that's what as close as they came. That was the only, that was the only threat they caused Celtic the whole game. But the only thing obviously you can be happy with the defending for, for the majority of the game is, but with the Celtic goals, Celtic showed their quality because. The first goal from Forrest, it's just it's a ball, the ball's in the wing, and then Forrest just steps back, steps back to the defender, he's lost him, he's lost him as soon as, his, as soon as he steps back, and then he's just tapping in the back. I see Brendan Rodgers, he's gave James Forrest like a whole like new lease of life, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same with Cal McGregor. Cal McGregor grabs the second goal as well, and I believe when it, for Celtic's goal, it was more it was it was more of a counter attack. They won it in the middle of the park, and it, Kelly had six players back, and Celtic were attacking with three, and they scored, and it's the. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't, you can't be too harsh on Kelly because they defended well, but you had six players back and you've not been able to stop that. I think it was Rogic actually ran through the middle and Griffiths just opened up the space for him. It's just smart, being a smart striker, he opened up the space for him to run into. <coughs> Ball gets played between the two centre backs and Callum McGregor slots at home. So. When you make Callum McGregor uh, getting snubbed off going striking for the Scotland squad? The Scotland squad altogether is just baffling. I, I just don't understand some of these these players that have been put in the Scotland squad. I think Callum McGregor should have been in that Scotland squad and I think there's a lot of other players that were knocking on that door to get in it. But if I was him, I'd be very surprised as well because what else can he do? Mm-hmm. He's, he's scoring goals, he's playing well for Celtic and he's still 
I think, I think, it's, I think it's a player, I can't remember, I don't know who it is, I think it's a defender in that Scotland squad that hasn't played since April. Oh, yeah. and, I think, and he's in the squad. It would not surprise me, see that Scotland defence, it's just shambolic, it's know, terrible. I can't remember who it is, he's definitely playing in England. I don't know if it is Hanley. I don't know if it is him. I don't know if he's in the squad. Maybe I'm not too sure. There's a defender in the Scotland squad that hasn't played since April, May this year. And no one, they're in the squad. And players like Callum McGregor aren't in the squad. Yeah, but I think, you know, my thoughts in Scotland. Scotland, honestly, we're not going to qualify. I genuinely believe we've got not a chance. We've not got a chance at all. Malta we're playing isn't it I think yeah, realistically the squad's probably good enough to deal with Malta but other than that we've got to still get a result against Georgia I, is it is it Georgia if we lose any of these games I think that's it game of no, Lithuania sorry not Georgia I think after we need I think we'll beat Malta we need to obviously beat uh, Lithuania and we need to beat either Slovakia aye because if we lose I'll just drop any, any points here but, game's done officially I already think it is <laughs> but uh, back back to Kelly, I think Kelly thankfully got there and Gordon Greer doesn't get in the squad anymore, so Thank God. Uh, but um, McCulloch was probably right in the sense of what he's been working on was to keep Kelly Celtic quiet. And he did that for large parts, but they had no attacking for it. I mean that's what they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's gonna be a long, hard season for Kelly again. Same and plenty of other clubs that'll be thinking that as well. I still think Kamala overall will be fine. I know that it's like three defeats in a row, but I think they will be okay. I'm, I'm not going to peg them as they'll be fine just yet because I think I don't know if Kelly have Kelly have that. They, they obviously they've signed quality. Like they've got Lee Irwin in there. He, he scored goals from Malo, but is that the player that you you can look at and think he's gonna he's gonna get the goals he's gonna lead the line and get the goals for us? Because obviously Kelly are struggling a lot with the last the last striker they had that scored a, a decent amount of goals was Kula Valley. And a lot of his game was he created these chances for himself. And I don't think Lee Irwin's that sort of player that can create the chances for himself. So, I wouldn't say they're defined just yet. I don't peg them as the automatic relegation contenders, so I still believe it's going to be Hamilton. <laughs> so, oh, um, that's another nice segue. Um, Hamilton, what a result at the weekend. <laughs> Beating Hibs 3-1 at Easter Road. And this is... I don't think anybody's seen this coming at all. It was... The perfect performance from Hamlin. I don't think that's been said a lot in the last three seasons, but they just they turned up and they gave the perfect away performance. It was fantastic. It was a, honestly, it was, I felt as though it was a real wake up call for the Hibs players. The and game. see the Hibs. Honestly, I'm gonna say this now. See the Hibs players' attitude in that game. I thought it was really poor. Like they were still like obviously they were buzzing about the result last week. Yeah. They were still in clown nine. Like then they realised oh we beat Rangers. I've got Hamilton next week. That'll be an easy three points. And I thought I felt as though they were underestimating Hamilton. I mean, and then Hamilton just turned up and proved them completely wrong. I think that's what a lot played of fantastic. I mean that's what a lot of Hibs fans were. I noticed a lot of Hibs fans on social media were saying that them. This was long term Hibs fans. They were they were saying they've seen their side beat Rangers, Aberdeen, Celtic, Hearts but then follow up with losing to a lesser side, mm-hmm. or a lesser side than the sides they played the previous week. And I think that was what they were saying. They were saying Hibs, Hibs will be in business as soon as they can win a big game and then win the lesser game the next week. And they didn't They didn't do that again. But then again, I think that's a lot down to... Hibs have been out of the Premier League for, what, three seasons now? And I think it comes down to you need to be streetwise. And I think... I think that's what, what Lennon said. Lennon said, yeah. said that in the... Uh, in his after match press conference that Hamilton were just a lot more streetwise. Hamilton have been it whether they've been in relegation contending or not. They relegated him so that <laughs> whether they've been always been at the bottom or not, they've they've been in the premiership, they've seen what it takes to get the points on the board and I think Hibbs just kinda lacked that wee bit of knowledge going into this game. Yeah, it there's it was schoolboy defending from Hibbs as well. Hanlon and McGregor were all over the place. McGregor giving away a penalty Hanlon as well. Hanlon gifting a goal to, as well. It was just shambolic defending. Lennon should not be happy with that whatsoever. Because last week Hibs I thought defended right after the red card happened. Uh, Hibs defended quite well. And this week I don't know what happened. They were just all over the place. Uh, but I'm sure Le- uh, Neil Lennon chewed out Paul Hanlon for that uh, error. That was just like effectively that that long ball over the top. Hanlon just got completely outpaced. Then eventually got the ball and then just passed it uh, to the Hamilton player. Then it was horror. It was really bad. It's weird because I would have said last week if Hibs had defended like that, I would have said it's a worry because Rangers would have got would have scored if they'd got up to like that sort of if they defended like that against them. I would have said it's a worry, but they obviously got the three points against Rangers. Then they played Hamilton, 
and they made these mistakes, which it is a worry, but they're not doing it against the bigger side, which is which is strange enough because they're not doing it against the sides that can punish them or it, shouldn't be punishing them. And then see, did. see last week though, I seen a lot of like like some of, some of the like journalists and stuff, and I seen some a few articles as well, uh, uh, journalists etc. touting heads for second spot. I think, and then the players, I think, are buying into the hype. Like I think that's brought them back down to reality. And, it has it's brought them right back down to reality so it has I think Hibs have a, I've said this about him before I think Hibs have a strong squad and I think the squad should easily be fighting for the European spot but I think realistically they're obviously I'm biased when I say I mean Aberdeen right now that's the that's the team that you're looking at and they're, they're not playing particularly well but they're getting three points Rangers obviously Rangers are a new squad that's been assembled so we can't accurately judge them until about I'd, I'd give Rangers at least until there are some concerns about the Rangers squad but yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously that but I think realistically if you're looking at the team you're only as good as the team that was second last year and I think if you compare the Hibs team to the Aberdeen team that finished second last year I don't think that Hibs team is better than that Aberdeen side so they'll be up there but I don't know if they are second That that's I, I think it's a brave man that would say Hibs are going to finish second and that's that well, I think Hibs fans some Hibs fans are actually buying into it after well, like two games some Hibs fans are buying into it but I also think some Hibs fans were being a bit wary because Hibs obviously Hibs fans have not well, other than recent years they've been getting quite Hibs fans have been getting some success but other than that Hibs fans know what it's like to support Hibs they know that Hibs yeah. are a dodgy side at times um, Hamilton's third goal though oh, my god it was sensational that was, that was just I think a beauty so it was it's especially the player who finished it Rakish Bingham oh yeah he, he rarely scores and he's just bagged two at the weekend yeah, he, had a, he had a fantastic game at the weekend I think honestly Ham- Hamilton fans were obviously saying they were worried about where the goals were coming from but Seems like their strikers actually playing like a striker. Yeah, now, like so. Hamilton are just the team just refuses to let go. Uh, no disrespect to Hamilton fans here yeah. that listen, they should not be in the Premiership, but they're just clinging on by the like the skin of their teeth, just hanging on, getting these kind of results. It's remarkable stuff, it really is. And it, it's like even last season, this season, who's going down? Real everyone says Hamilton, I and think, I think realistically Hamilton. Pr- if they keep this up, they're, they're going to be proving the doubters wrong. I think realistically Hamilton still have quality in their squad because they have. Longridge, they have um, Doherty, Bingham it appears. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's a, a yeah. dead on quality because obviously you need to, you need to see more goals. But it's those two players in Longridge and Doherty. They seem like they could. They yeah, could see that performance on Saturday. I think that might give Bingham like a, a like a new lease of yeah. life, new a, some confidence was, as well. There was two. There was a, bit, was a couple of breakout performances in that Hamilton squad at the weekend. Obviously Bingham, Doherty, Doherty ran the show in midfield. Longridge bag, uh, bagging the goal, Bingham bagging, bagging two goals, and then they've still got that uh, Boyd, the, the boy, uh, yep. that boy Boyd that scored against uh, Dundee. He appears to have some quality. Uh, Templeton's, I don't even know if he played, but he's on the bench, I believe. No, I don't think he played. So they've got players that can do well for them, but it's obviously if you need to do it for the full season, because yeah, they've got exactly. a smaller squad than a lot of other players as well, a lot of other players' teams. So... Oh, just Cannon though, Martin Cannon. <laughs> we are very critical of Martin Cannon, but it's just. If he, <laughs> how's he doing this? How, he, how do you get these results? What I'd be interested, I would, if he has set up the Hamilton side like that and he's expected this to happen, then it's tactical genius that he knew Hibs were going to be taking them lightly and not expect Hamilton to get in their faces. If he has told his players straight from the off, going to their faces, do all that, then it's good management, but I'm not convinced that he expected Hamilton to... He got asked after the game, right? He got asked after the game, I think, um, I can't remember who was in it, I think it was BBC, and so they were like, Martin, did you expect that kind of result? He went, oh yeah, I knew we'd come here and get a good result, I was very confident I was getting the three points, and I'm like, oh god, it's easy to say that now, isn't it? <laughs> I think what someone told me a good point about it, I think Hamilton, their players surely get annoyed when every single season they're tipped as the... The that motivate them even more though, because Cannon's probably like this. Comes in the dressing room, like newspapers, and puts out on the wall and said, "Hi, look what they're saying about you." I've seen a lot. Go people, prove them wrong. I've seen a lot of people thinking this weekend that Hamilton might not actually be relegation contenders, but I wouldn't get too far ahead. Just exactly, it's still very early on. They've only played three games yesterday, taking six points from three of those games, and although their only losses came to Aberdeen on opening day, but if you if they keep picking up points, then. They might not be there because obviously the easiest way to avoid relegation is just pick up points and pick up the points you're not expected to pick up. And I can guarantee no one would have put a, a tenner on Hamilton to win 3 1 against Hibs at Easter Road. No, not at all. And Anthony Stokes scored, so he did. He always scores at the most irrelevant points, doesn't he? I think Hibs. Were that, was his, that was Anthony Stokes' first goal in the Premiership in three years. I think Hibs were struggling a lot 
this game to get the opportunities, which was strange that they had Murray, uh, Murray in their squad, and he seems to have been so great for them the last couple of games. But I think they just struggled, and then when the game was won and over, pretty much, that's when Hibs got their chance, and it was like, you need to take your chances before the game's gone. Like, if they'd have scored when they were 2 0 down, then they might have. Mounted a comeback, but when you score in the 90th minute, you're not you're not coming back from three 0 down. No, not at all. So Mullerwell managed to get their first win of the season by beating Ross County two 0 And John James, Mullerwell first win. What do you think? I think it was an absolutely diabolical, horrible game of football. <laughs> it was pretty bad to watch. I think yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing at all happened in the first half. Uh, but. I suppose you can't we can't slag Mullow for getting their first three points when the game was terrible because mm-hmm. that's you're, you're still getting the win. Yeah, it was Dizzle defending from Ross County for the first goal as well from Davis. How did he not manage to clear that? I mean that's that's the sort of thing that's gonna uh, that's the sort of stuff that's gonna cost teams in the bottom six and obviously County you were tipping County for possibly being in the top six, but th- making those defensive mistakes is gonna make sure you're not in the top six because. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think County would have. That's County lost twice to Mullow now, so uh, maybe maybe Mullow just had County's number. But County have been a, a very hard team to play against for many teams, mm-hmm. apart from Mullow, it seems. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I was. I was saying like if because obviously they won the first game of the season. I was saying right. Well, if County keep this up, they can potentially like like <clears throat> have a wee shout for the top six. And but as you were saying there about the defence, like defending is like if you want to get the top six, you cannot defend like that. That is just really poor. And uh, Motherwell they uh, managed to get a penalty as well, and Lou Mo uh, tucked that away. Yeah, um, that was Van der Rey getting sent off as well. So it's a more it's more bad defensive choices. Yeah, and it was a penalty as well. No, it was a penalty, but obviously, it's a defenders put a, a defenders put in a difficult situation when the ball's played in like that. Mo's got the ball. I think it's Mo. He's got the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Van der Regs then got a decision where either clatters him from behind, takes a red card and takes a chance from the penalty, or you just put pressure on him and hope your keeper's going to do the job. And he's made the decision just to go right through the back of him. Yeah. So I think it was a deserving red card, and then obviously Moat finishes it. So, so what do you make about the, the Louis Moat situation? Do you so what do you think? Do you think he'll eventually uh, see reason and sign a new contract, or do you think? That's how he's made. No. Mine's already made up. I think he's. I think he. I think he decided to go way before Motherwell. Or do you think he might leave before the window shuts? I mean, that's a possibility. I think one of Motherwell's options were when Aldine were interested in Malt and they were making bids for him, and obviously Motherwell and Aldine couldn't come to an agreement of what the what their valuation is of the player. But Motherwell need to realise. I think I heard rumour I heard rumours that Motherwell were holding out for upwards of six hundred thousand. For a player that's in the last year of his contract, you're not. I think. I think as far as I would be willing to go is I would. Four hundred. I mean, I would be more saying four hundred thousand. Which I would say that's fairly reasonable. I would say. Obviously, I can understand where Mother were coming from. That Oli Moat kept them away from danger for two seasons, but at one point you've got to see reason. Well, he's in the last year of his contract. Realistically, if he doesn't sign this contract, any team could come in from Moat in January and just offer him a contract, and he can accept that, and then he'll easily leave Mother for nothing at the end of the season. So the only chance Mullow, the only chance Mullow have got is if another team comes in because I would be more because I would have now got Stevie May. So unless I don't, I've seen rumours that obviously Rangers are interested as well. I don't know. If I don't know if Louis Malt is a player that Rangers should be like looking for because I'll mention it on the Rangers segment, but Rangers are looking for like a big six foot striker. I'll go a a bit more in depth about that in the Rangers segment. But back to Mullowell, um, Louis Malt. I actually think he will be gone before the window shuts. I think yeah, I, I think a club in England will come in for him in League One or smart, Championship level will come in for him. Smart business for Malou to move him on before yeah. the end of this window and then hope maybe try and use some of his fee to get another striker in. But realistically, they they play, they've played a dangerous game all summer trying to keep Louis with this the, the club. Offer him they offer him a contract only like a couple of weeks into the start of the season, like as in when the Betfred Cup started. And that's the way back in July, and he's ignored that contract for this long. They should have took the hint then that he he had no intention of signing that contract. Mm-hmm. He also came out in an interview and said that when he first signed for Mullow, that stepping stone. It was a stepping stone to bigger things, and then obviously Mullow had the opportunity when Aberdeen were uh, were sniffing about. Apparently there was a club in England, I can't Derby. Apparently Derby were going for Louis Mullow as well, 
but that seems to have died down because it seemed like it was Aberdeen and Derby against each other. So, I, I don't know. Unless, obviously, some other team comes in for him, I don't see who's going to come in for him. Yeah, it reminds me a wee bit of the Jimmy Walker situation, obviously, because I think Jimmy Walker's in the last year of his contract. He wants to go. I think Rangers, uh, they've put in a couple of bids for him, right? And I think Hearts are wanting something like well over £1 million for him, and he's in his last year's contract. Like, come on, you need to be a wee bit more reasonable, Hearts. Like, it reminds me a bit of that kind of situation. I don't see even an English club willing to pay that much for a remote. And I don't see anyone wanting because what's how how is that valuation coming to that? When oh, like pave uh, six hundred grand on upwards of that, yeah. Because what's why <laughs> he's in the last year's contract? So uh, I know it's be like I just want to mention you know, I'll be thinking Jamie Walker here, right? How much would you say you would value Jamie Walker right now on his last year's contract? Not over one million pounds. Jamie Walker was his value decreased, I believe, last season. Because he was he was one of Hart's standout players at the start of the season. I think he was giving armband, am I right? I think, I think it was That was a bad for, move. For the first six months of the season it was fantastic. It was Hart's pretty much their main guy. It was their main guy for a couple of, a couple of weeks when Cafro like at the turn of the year when Cafro Yeah he was, scored against us in the for uh, one game. I think it was it was still doing well then. But then when Hart's proper went downhill, I think so did he. And I think he could have been a one million pound plus player at the start of the season. See with the drop in form, I think mean, the drop in valuation. I would argue though that see under Ian Catherine, nobody's really stood out. Even Gonzalez was struggling. No, but that's ev- yeah. everyone's valuation takes a hit when the team yeah. isn't playing well. Mm-hmm. And I think Hearts, I think Hearts would right now if someone offered about five hundred thousand for uh, for Walker, I think Hearts would be doing well to take that because. He's in the last year's contract as well. Yeah. Same with Mo. Obviously, obviously I'm slamming Mo for wanting six hundred thousand for uh, six hundred and six hundred and a half thousand or whatever for for Mo. But Mo's obviously I think Mo's different because he's scored goals, so his form's still there. But even at that, Mo would be lucky to get that. Um, but you know, Jamie Walker is a talented player, so he is. And I think at most, I think if Rangers want him. I would go at most seven hundred grand. Like, I thought I think the Hearts were ridiculous asking for well over one million pound. Like, like Walker is he's got talent, but as you were saying in the second half of last season, his form just dipped, and I think every like, I think nobody really stood out in the second half of the last season for Hearts. But it's going to be interesting to see what will happen, with Walker. Do you think it will stay put? I don't. I don't. It's hard to say, isn't it? I'm not willing to make any prediction on where they're going to go, so I don't know what what hearts are planning on doing with their players. Because we have spoken before before in the pod about how Jamie Walker's antics on social media, uh, following all the Rangers players' Instagram, liking the posts. I think that's where the situations differ, because on social media, Oli Moe has done nothing but act with respect towards Mullow. Meanwhile, Walker's been following and liking Rangers-related stuff. And in that sense, that's making that's making the situation worse because Hearts are like, well, no, we're not selling your Rangers then. Yeah, and then but then again though, they're going to miss uh, a, a decent fee. That's so I feel as though Hearts are just shooting themselves in the foot. He doesn't want to be there. Last year's contract, why not just get him out the door and get some money in instead of just getting a rubbish development fee? Because I mean, the, the uh, development fee is not going to be a lot. I'd probably say maybe, at most, maybe 300 grand, the, if that. They're obviously the, situ- the situations differ because of the way that both the different ways the players have acted. <laughs> And obviously, Jimmy Walker's a homegrown player from the Hearts Academy, and most not. So it's weird to say it's weird to see that the academy player is actually treating the club worse than what this player that was only brought in from England is treating their club. But obviously, we'll see what happens. So Aberdeen make it three wins on the bounce by beating Dundee two one. John James, it wasn't a great Aberdeen performance, was it? It was. It was far from it. It was. It was. I'd say it was a performance of a team that know how to win, and that's about it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's about all you can say. I, I said to you, I think the difference between Aberdeen and Dundee on the day was the fact that Aberdeen had a a striker like me who takes his, the, the half chance he gets. Because both teams had quite a lot of chances, I felt, and I think it was Aberdeen had 10 shots, and uh, I think Dundee had 9. It was, it, it was a quite a tight game. It was the same problem that we were saying that Dundee had against Hamilton. It's like they had at least two or three opportunities where if they had a can a like a striker like either if you even go for other clubs you've got a striker like Mo, you have a striker like Griffiths or whatever, they score that goal. That's the difference between again top six and bottom six sides. If you have someone that's gonna finish that, you're getting the points. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get the three points because they had a striker like Stevie May 
Dundee. I know Stan obviously I have praised their attack before, but Elbeck to he Haber, they're all prone to missing some opportunities before they get the goal. Haber hits the bar and Scott Allen misses from Seven, yeah, and then again, I think Aberdeen need to have a wee look at themselves there because the defending at times during that game was really bad from Aberdeen. Like just leaving players unmarked, uh, and especially Scott Allen as well, totally unmarked. I think in that could have scored that. should have scored that. I think it was a situation was they were all panicking to get back because Dundee had just kind of picked up the ball in a dangerous situation and they were just kind of running to the ball. Uh, uh, I've been defending Aberdeen's defence quite a lot this this season. But I think over the last couple of games, it's not been all that great. I mean, we have a boy like Carry Onison on the bench who is a bit of experience. And I've seen, You're a hero, isn't he? I, I love Carry Onison. I think, I mean, honestly, even though he scored last week, I think Mark Reynolds has looked a bit shaky. And I think, honestly, I'd put him beside Anthony O'Connor because Anthony O'Connor's the younger defender. He's 24. Meanwhile, Mark, Mark Reynolds is, he's like 30. So putting Onison, the experienced defender, next to the younger defender might help bring Anthony O'Connor's game on. Because I don't even think, I don't think O'Connor warrants being dropped, but I also do, I'd rather see Arneson come in than have the same mistakes seem to be repeating themselves. And so what do, you, what do you make about Kenny McLean? You're quite critical of him off here, so you mean, I, you're not being impressed with I, him? I've not been impressed at all with pretty much any of his performances this season. I know he scored, he scores the winner against, uh, what turns out to be the winner against Hamilton in the League Cup. I just, I've just not do, been... Do you know why I think this is? Oh, is this because... That missing the Scottish Cup final... <laughs> It's still, he's still thinking about it. It's got to him. It's I knocked just, his confidence. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I, we've got a, I wouldn't have got a team that's full of creative talent and it just seems like McLean's been taking a back seat and I don't understand why... Wait, this, this, this was the same player who, to the latter stage of the last season, was knocking firmly on the Scotland though. Everyone was saying they don't understand how McLean isn't getting in the team. And now, well, the Scotland squad just came out, I'm like, well, I can understand why he's not getting in the team, because he's not better than any of the players that just got, well, he's not performing better than any he of the players. He needs to hit form first, of course, he scored two goals at the weekend there. It's early, early season, but I've not been impressed, I've not been impressed with him in Europe. I've See if he's in double digits by, I don't know, like, January, February time. Or like, just say he's past the 20 goal mark, then people can start saying, okay, he could, he could be in contention, but right now, far, way too early, I, I way think, too early. I honestly think if, if you were to take Kenny McLean out that Aberdeen, t- uh, Aberdeen side and just keep it like the way it is and put Christie in the centre attacking mid and have give the uh, give Scott Wright the the youngster the squad a chance to play. I honestly don't think we'd miss him because I think Scott Wright deserves to run the team and I think Christie could easily play that position. Right, Christie had a uh, howler of a mistake at the weekend there. Obviously, I'm saying I mean gifted Dundee the goal. It was it was it was horrible conditions, but I'm not. I don't have an excuse for that. I'm not pure. defending in the past because he's tried to play. It seems like he's tried to switch the play and he's just not got it off the ground and it's obviously felt with Rory Deacon who I praised, no, I've been praising non-stop for Dundee and then he does, he does that. I feel Christy at times though is one of these players that tries the Hollywood pass all the time. And see, it, when it works, it, it's great it but when it doesn't you just look like an idiot don't you? Well, see I, I can't be too crit- critical of him because he's been pretty pretty solid player for Aberdeen ever since the time he's been here but... Oh, but I'm not going to defend that pass. I think I mean he that made a mistake. Bad. He left Andy Constantine with Rory Deacon, who's got bags of pace running up. Oh, Constantine just looked like a deer in the headlights. I mean, he did. Constantine knew he he didn't have the pace to keep it off him, and he's just kind of been sold out. And Gary McKay Stephen wasn't wasn't further enough back because, uh, to deal to help cover because Rory Deacon was already ahead of him. Do you think Dundee should uh, be getting? Do you think should they? Do you think they'll be getting concerned right now? Do you think they should be mm-hmm. a bit worried? I don't think so. I no. think they'll be okay. I think no no. I think the game that I would be worried about if I was a Dundee fan was the Hamilton game. Getting beat by that comfortable scoreline against Hamilton, that's the game I'd be, I'd be like, that's not acceptable. Losing to counties, counties a bit, counties are a, they're a tough side. They, mm-hmm. they only won 2-1 as well, so it was quite physical. Losing, there is no shame in losing to Aberdeen at Pataudry. That's not the game you're, you're, it's not, it's not the game that your season's going to be judged on. When they go to Parkhead, when they go to Ibrox, when they go to Easter Road, it's not, that's not the games they're getting judged on. But they need to be. I would argue Hibs. Look what happened last week. Just a wee thing in Hamilton. Remember, I think me and you were saying that was a foot last week? And uh, that result there? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was a foot. If Hamilton's got a bit more results like this together, then I'll accept it's not a fluke. But as yeah. of right now, I'm putting it down as a fluke again. So I think Hibs took them too lightly. But Dundee, realistically, beating teams, they need to wipe out that result against Hamilton. And they need to do better against County. But beating teams like Murrow, 
Hamilton, Kilmarnock, that's what Dundee want to do. Dundee need to put themselves, put a bit of distance of, between themselves in that relegation zone mm-hmm. because Dundee shouldn't be there. Dundee's squad, that shouldn't be there. That's the worst league start they've had since like 1998 or something like that. Yeah, they actually, and they also beat Dundee United yeah. in, in the League Cup. I thought right after that, right, Dundee, this will give them, they'll really kick on from here, but last two games. I it's, it's a bit, it was a bit. Not they've lost. Eh? Last they two games losing, lost. Losing, losing, uh, beating Dundee United, that was obviously the boost they needed. Following that up with that loss to Hamilton was a bit of a... Yeah, but then, then again, no, right, Dundee weren't all that bad at the weekend. They weren't all that bad, but they still lost. Dundee but, could have If Dundee had taken a point from that, I wouldn't have complained. It's taken a superb strike from Stevie May to take the three points for two hours. Yeah, it was quite f- unfortunate as well, um, because it was a deflection then... Uh, it helps the Dundee player uh, deflection and then it went right to Stevie May and then Stevie May just it's, and Neil McCann said, right in the top Neil, corner Neil McCann said in his interview it's decisions they're making aren't streetwise I mean, I mean Dundee were, had two I think had two players currently off the park at that point and what they wanted was see when the ball bounced the Dundee player headed it back in instead of just I think what Neil McCann was wanting was the Dundee player put it out and then he can get their subs on but instead, he kept the ball in play, and then literally about 20 seconds later, I wouldn't have the ball in the back of the net. And that's the decisions that he wants to cut out. Decisions like that cut out, and Dundee potentially leave tough stadiums with a point or three points, whatever they get. So, mm-hmm. I think Dundee will come good eventually. It's just, they need to start making the decisions. Oh, this, this squad's quite new as well. I mean, this, yeah. this team he's just put together, so a lot of these players are new. And Rory Deacon, obviously, he's fitted right in and as we said we've, like, in the final third we've been praising them since we, the start of the season like, in the final third they are, they're a threat going forward they definitely are and yeah so let's uh, move on last game in the pod- uh, the main event <laughs> the last game uh, the game in the weekend uh, if you're expecting fireworks then no no fireworks uh, this is very it's very calm Just uh, get, like, it's not going to be like last week where we're <laughs> screaming at each other losing the plot we need a referee there, so <laughs> it, was getting, it was getting tense but yes um it's going to be a very different Scott uh, this week where we'll talk about Rangers. Uh, so Rangers drew, now now with Hearts. And let's say more points dropped at Ibrox, John James. I mean, Rangers fans obviously have a right to be... Concerned. I am a wee bit concerned as well. Because what Rangers have started the season with, two two home games and one away game. Yeah, Hibs and Hearts, but uh, I felt as though we had to... Tough, it's, uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking away it's the tough, it's tough teams, but it's not... But I felt as though right, we, need to get, like, we need to win these, both it these sets, games here. It sets a marker early if you can beat one of the teams that you're going to be up there against at home. Yeah, like obviously like, we, know what happened, like, we all know what happened last week, right? But then this week I was saying, right, we need to beat Hearts. So I don't care how we do it, three points, that's what we need to get. And... It was just hearts. Hearts, were, hearts defending well. To hearts credit, I will give them. Uh, I will praise them. They they were very well organised. Um, they defended well, so they did. Big Suter, I thought had a terrific game. And nearly, and nearly scored. Yes, I know. Hi, <laughs> he hit the crossbar. Um, but <coughs> hearts, I felt as though they didn't do enough to win the game. But I don't think they deserved I mean, to lose it. Um, in the final third, in the wide areas especially, that's where I felt as though Rangers were really poor. Josh Windass and Gadias, they're not not really... Uh, you know my thoughts on Josh Windass? He's not a winger. Uh, I don't think he should, he should be playing for Rangers, but he's certainly not a winger. Gadias, yeah. um, he struggled to get going as well. I've, not, but, con- uh, not convinced on him as a winger. Um, and neither was I. To, um, but I feel, I feel as though Cassini needs to go back to the transfer market get a couple of wingers because obviously I would like to get Jamie Walker in and we need to get a, like a left mid as well um, still, I'm still questioning what the logic is behind letting Barry Mackay go to Nottingham Forest and then bringing in Dalsil to do the same to do the same job but Mackay's doing it better I don't, I don't doing think, it better at Nottingham Forest yeah Dalsil was a weird one I don't know why we actually went and got him what's happened there is obviously Rangers fans were getting excited when they seen these names coming in and they've seen who this player actually Belongs to it's Benfica. They're bringing in a player from Benfica. Then right? you look at his stats. Rangers fans his stats were, uh, are frightening. It was exciting. When Horrible, by the way. Frightening and bad way. It was exciting when you seen Rangers getting this Benfica player. But when you actually cut it, cut it down the middle, and you looked at what this player actually brings, it's like, what's what's he got that Barry McKay didn't do better? Yeah, it was a weird one. I didn't get it. And then McKay obviously said that he felt as though he was just getting treated really badly by Cassinia, and Which, I, I didn't understand that. See, for the amount of money we got rid of McKay. Mm-hmm. For like the amount of money we sold him for, 
That was really poor. We could have got a lot more than that. Because Mackay is talented and just shows you he scored at the weekend. And I'll mention that right. Wycon scored at the weekend, Garner scored, uh O'Halloran oh, scored and Mackay as well. It's I think it's, it's like the Pedro Casinha cuss, isn't it? As soon as you let them go, they're becoming superstars in a way. I think <laughs> that is that I think between them all they've played fifteen games and they've all contributed to fourteen goals, which and then Rangers draw nil nil with hearts on the same day. Yeah. And one thing that's been annoying me for ages, um no, like one thing we keep doing right under Casinha, we like to play it wide, and then we do like we hit the ball in the box with high crosses. We haven't got that big six foot target man in the box. I've been screaming out for screaming out for it for a long time. Rangers need a big target man, a big six footer in the box. If we want to play that game by playing it out wide and getting high balls into the box, we need a big uh, target man to like knock them into the back of the net. And that's what we need to do. I think we need to get at least three more signings in. I think we need to get two wingers in. And a big six foot uh, striker in. Who is this tall striker that this this figure that you think you can get into? <sighs> well, do you know for a while I was actually I, th- I think I said it to you I wanted to get Adam Rooney in. <laughs> I did because remember Adam Rooney. I know he's he's getting up there just now. I think it's in his final year his contract. I don't think no, he yeah, is I, the Adam Rooney signed an extension. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think Rooney would be the solution. If I'm being honest, Rooney's but I, w- I wouldn't be against us going for him. But I know he's getting up there. The um, reason the reason Stephen May was signed is because he's the long term replacement for Adam Rooney. Adam Rooney, Rooney can still go. Adam Rooney, Rooney. That's what I said when the, the rumors of that were Hibs were going for Rooney. I was like that. That if I were didn't let let Adam Rooney go to Hibs, that's a mistake because he's still he's still the same striker that scored twenty plus goals in the last three seasons. He can finish. That's and one he thing. Will he, come back, he will come back to haunt Aberdeen if we let him go. And I, do, I hope and I think that McInnes isn't going to let him go because he even if he is playing second fiddle uh, for Steve, a younger Stevie May, he can still do a, do a job when he comes on. And I'd be very surprised to see him leave Aberdeen. But obviously the problem the Rangers have is they don't have... Seemingly they don't have a goal-scoring striker that can come off the bench. And that's obviously... Yeah, awkward. I do like Morales, but... If we're going to play that this game, right, if Cristina wants to play this uh, style this? of play, like by playing out wide, getting high balls in the box, this this isn't going to work if we have Morales and Miller up top. Herrera, is he not a striker? Mm-hmm. He's he not even play out wide as well. Is he not a tall? I thought he was a tall guy. I know, we need that. We need like that big six foot target man that's what that's like see a, like, I'm not saying Rooney is the answer Adam Rooney but a player like very similar to him like the, like do you remember John Daly back in the day when he was actually good before like, he went to Rangers and he yes gone. like that kind of player I thought when we signed Daly he was going to be the answer uh, like when we signed him back in League One and obviously he struggled for the record, right, you, for the record you, see, you should see our Facebook chats from when like Rangers four signed, years ago when you when you signed John Daly and you were going you were all happy with us and I was like Dundee United fans were saying his legs are gone and I turned out to be right when it came eight months later and Rangers <laughs> fans were moaning about John Daly oh hi but John Daly though do you think he'll get the job? well he's oh, when I wrote yeah I said, I said then this, should be in contention I said the same thing about Lee McCulloch in terms of they set up right that they didn't concede and that's what Hearts haven't done they obviously they intended not to concede and Hearts didn't have many shots on target I don't think no but, no they didn't but getting the point as I said Hearts are having to play away right now and they've been to Glasgow twice and obviously Kelly away as well and they've picked up four points which is very respectable as well, under Cafu I don't think they'd have picked up any points there They'd have been lucky if they no. they'd have been lucky if they drew against Kelly. We played Ian Caffrey's Hearts at Ibrox last season and we beat them two one and it was just a and we, like just think how bad that squad was last yeah. season and we beat them and it was we didn't we were not even convinced in the slightest. But, um, I've got a wee thing on Dons here. Graham Dons, I do like Dons. He's talented. I think he will be a player for us. But on Saturday, non-existent. So he was. He uh, see when he got subbed off for Ryan Hardy, actually went. I forgot he was on. I raised I raised the point to you when you first signed all these players and I was saying. Where do they all fit in? Because you have now got, obviously, Dorans, Jack, Cranshaw. Uh, uh, even to a lesser extent, you've got players on the bench like uh, Jason Holt. Where where do all these players get a game for Rangers? And, and it, how do you work them into a system? Yeah, the 4 4 2 I'm not... Windass, Windass, I'm technically a midfielder as well. Where I think we're playing him out wide. Where, where do you work all these players into this squad? I'm not a fan of the system at all. Like, I, you know what I would do, right? Because at 4 4 2, I don't think is the answer. I would go 4 2 3 1. That's what I would do. I would go four two three one. I would have either you can chop and change right between Jack and Rossiter. Um, I would have Dorans uh, in the middle, or could maybe uh, you could have Rossiter and Jack in the yeah. middle. Then uh, like attacking mid, you could have Graham Dorans. I think that could work. Um, but we really are. We definitely need to get into wingers. That's for sure. Um, it, but uh, like honestly, uh, 
Rangers, tons of possession. It was, I felt as though it was like I was watching the Rangers under Warburton. Tons of possession. Um, but as soon as we got to the final third, we were not productive. We were not productive uh, with the possession of the ball at all. If, if Rangers don't find a way to break down teams, they're going to have a very similar season to last season in terms of teams are going to cock the fact that Rangers can't break the, them down. So it's, I think it's County that you are going to this County, game. yep, next Sunday. It's That's going to, be, County, going to be tough. If County set up the way that they can do at Dingwall, Rangers are going to find that a very, very unenjoyable afternoon. Because I, mean, I don't think Rangers beat Ross No, we didn't. Played them three times last so, season, drew all three. So Rangers already have a, a, wee, a wee bit of an issue with playing Ross County. And... I don't see it getting any easier. I don't it's going to be tough, easier. yeah. Um, if Rangers go up to Dingwall next week and we fail to beat Ross County, I think that's when the alarm bells will be really going off at that point. I think, from on another side of that though, I think the team that Rangers are playing, obviously Hearts, daily, if, I'd be surprised, obviously, of the rumour today is that obviously Billy Davies went for an interview with Yeah, Hearts. you were telling me about that earlier on, he just went in and he was basically saying, he, right, change this, this yeah, and this. That, that Davies, for him to take the job, he wanted he wanted a change, he wanted it all to be changed and to suit the manager and obviously Levine's went, no, <laughs> we, 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 have, we have had a system in place and we want this system to be taken forward, which as much as the system has been slated, if they chopped and changed this, this system now, the question would be raised, why couldn't they do that with Cathro? So for them to keep going forward, I think they need to, they need to stick, stick with this because it's an, int- it's an interesting project they've they're got going on at Hearts and I do want to see what this whole, what the, the end game is. So if they can get a manager in that will be willing to work with that and pro- get the results, like which John Daly has, why, why not keep him? Why not keep, I mean, next, week, next weekend they play Muddle. If he hasn't got the job by then, if they beat Muddle... I think, I think that's the, be, that's the game that gets Yeah, him. I think then, then it'll be very, very likely that he will get the job. Because obviously Hearts have had quite a tough start to the season with playing uh, Celtic and Rangers. So now they're going into the games where they're playing teams that they should be able to beat. It's a waiting model next season, uh, next week again, this week again, obviously. I don't see any reason why that Hearts team couldn't beat them. Because mm-hmm. they have the attacking threats and seemingly the defensive issues have been solved, which was obviously the issues they had last season. But... Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd like to see John Daly get the job. I, I, I hope he does get the job because I don't think Hart should be like, oh, John Daly's not a big enough name, not a yeah. big enough man. But then look at, for example, was Robbie Nielsen a big name? No, he wasn't. Because Robbie Nielsen's previous job before Hearts was East Fife. Yeah. And then you remember when they, they appointed Robbie Nielsen and they got rid of Gary Lott? Everyone was saying, oh, why are you doing this? It's a daft decision. I, and it turned out to be. A fantastic one. I was one of the people at the time that said it was a bit strange to get rid of Gary Locke because I don't think that Hearts needed to change manager. Because I think Locke's more of a man-manager. right? Uh, he's, that, he's that kind of guy. And and, and obviously, um, Robbie Nielsen's more of a hands-on coach. The way and that's, think, what the, that's the route Hearts want to go I down. I think the way people seen it was, Gary, it was not Gary Locke's fault that they got relegated. I mean, Hearts, no. put, Hearts put up a very strong fight under Locke to stay up. B-Hibs as well. They obviously took Hibs down with them. So. Yep, exactly. So... Uh, so I don't. So for them, I think it was always that coincided with Ann Budge taking over. Ann Budge had a project that was where she wanted to go forward, and Gary Locke didn't either. Either didn't, didn't really fit in. Either didn't buy into, it or she didn't see him in it, and then she's changed it around. Whatever, whatever, whatever she done, she took. They, they went back to. The From what I heard, um, Locke obviously he wanted to. He wanted to still be the Hearts manager, but I, he didn't fit into that kind of. Yeah, he Gary Locke. Yeah, he, he left his. He left his. What's he done? He left his position. Beef. He left his position at Cowden Beef to take a, 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 some, some. It's a, it's not an. I don't believe it's a coaching role. It's it's a it's a role within Harps though. He left Cowden Beef. To, he's he's back at Harps. That's nice to hear because, but from what I heard, obviously he was game for taking the job or like just continuing on as a Harps manager. Sorry, uh, but he just didn't fit into the. That that like that whole system, and we'll never know if he would have took Hearts straight back up in the way that. Robbie yeah, it was weird though because remember they got rid of some of the Hearts like key players from that season: McDonald, Stevenson, um, I can't remember who else, uh, Jamie Hamill, um, not sure who else, but yeah, I, I remember when that happened. Everyone was like, "What is Levine doing? What is going on?" And then it turned out to be a fantastic decision anyway. Um, and Robbie Nielsen, but MK Dons, I, I think he just signed a new deal. Am I right? I'm yeah, I think he. I think he signed a new deal. Um, do you think we'll see him back at Hearts anytime soon? Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, nah. I think. I think if he does well in England, I don't think he's coming back to Hearts. Yeah, it was a weird one though. Him leaving if, if, for if MK Dons. Gets, if he maybe gets sacked from MK Dons or 
doesn't work out for him in England, we might see him back at a job in Scottish football, but it probably won't be hard because I can't see him going back to... Because he's still, as much as as much as that it worked, he still has to answer questions in Scottish football as to whether he, can he do it without a director of football. Mm. And there's other jobs in Scotland where he'd get the freedom to make his own choices. He's probably getting those choices in England as well, so yeah. we'll see. I think he will be back eventually, but obviously whether it's off the back of a successful time in England or an unsuccessful time in England remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. so just one last wee thing on the game, the Rangers game at the weekend there. Um, it, was, it was not a great game to watch. And just as I was saying earlier on, Rangers bags of possession, and just really couldn't break the the Hearts defence down. And and as as I was saying as well, the four four two does not convince me. For this week, uh, or next week, uh, for uh, the game against um, Ross County, I would go four two three one. That's what I would go with yeah. because I think I'm a big fan of that formation. I think it works in modern football. It really does. But in four four two, it's just it's too basic and it's. These players aren't getting it. They're not mixing well with Scottish it. Scottish football isn't is in the dark ages when it comes to tactical awareness is what it used to be. And I think playing a four four two, teams suss it out. A lot of t- as we pointed out, a lot of teams are playing the three five two formation. Yeah, it's a very see the system we're playing. It's a very basic flat formation yeah. we're playing. It's a very basic flat four four two. Rangers, the Rangers wingers aren't getting in the positions to properly cause yeah. teams problems, and especially when Hearts, as was shown, Hearts kept a very def- very tight defensive line. They weren't getting past And I feel as though the players are like sticking to their positions. Like, like for just through parts of the game, they're just sticking to their positions, scared to move from their like a specific role. And yeah, it's I would go four two three one four two three one, that's what I would go with. Um, I had the issue last year, the four three three, and I was like, I never want to see that again. And then now now <laughs> I think it's like three games in the season. I'm like, get <laughs> get rid of this four four two. Yeah, so Cassinia, um a lot of work still needs to be done. I know it's a new team, players still need like time to gel and stuff, but <coughs> this system isn't going to do it. Uh, <coughs> this system won't do it at all. So um, yeah, John James fixtures mm. uh, for fixtures. this weekend. So uh, we start with Saturday fixtures. There's two games on the Sunday. Uh, so Celtic at home to St Johnson. Celtic at home to, get to St Johnson. I'm gonna for the first time for the first time in the podcast. I'm gonna go against the Celtic win, and I think St Johnson might nick a one each draw. So I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with a 2-1 St. Johnson win. <laughs> I'm going for it. O'Halloran double. It's not uncommon for you to go, to go against the random Celtic losses when you predicted that Celtic... Who <laughs> then went on to beat Party Vizzle 6-0. Yeah. You said Party Vizzle would beat them 1-0. My reasons for it did make sense. But uh, uh, well, that's, that's, That'll be an interesting game. Kilmarnock at home to Hamilton. Kill at home to Hamilton? I can see Hamilton taking another win there. I think Hamilton might take that one now. Kelly at home to I'll probably go with a... a two, one each. Uh, Muddle host Harps. I can see Harps building on a, a decent result. Uh, I'll I probably guess. say... I could, I'll, go, I'll go two nil Harps. I'll go one each. Uh, Partick Vizzle host Aberdeen. So Aberdeen, then I'll go for a a one 0 scrappy Aberdeen one. I'm so predicting Aberdeen will concede again, but they'll do enough to win in another two one one. I remember last night. I just wanted to mention this here. See, last few games that Aberdeen have played, they've not been great at all, have they? But they've won. That they've well, the one though. With Aberdeen, the way Aberdeen fans are looking at it is, we're not playing great, but we're still three wins out of three, so they can't really complain. Yeah. And then the Sunday fix Sunday fixtures, Dundee. Host Hibs. Oh, that would be an interesting game. Two teams need a Scott Allen. I wonder. I wonder what kind of reaction he'll get. What kind of reception? Is that Dens live on Sky Sports? Then wants to tune into that. Um, I'll probably go for a. I'll go. I'll go one each. I'll go on down now. I think Dundee will put the get their first points point on the board. I'll go on down now. And finally, no no doubt, going to be the most scrappy game of the weekend. Ross County host Rangers. (laughs) I'm going to be. I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna be tough. It, it will be Dingwall's always a horrible place to go, and Rangers even last season, last season didn't beat them. We didn't beat them once. Drew all three games. I'll probably go for a a one 0 Rangers win. Uh, one 0 Morales. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that Rangers are gonna keep up their form against Ross County and draw one each. That's uh, when that, as I said, the alarm bells, the alarm bells will really start going off if uh, that happens. Ross County haven't been playing bad either. Yeah. So, championship. Championship. 
Brecon host Inverness. Oh, Inverness, <laughs> bad start to the season. I'm going to go for a one each there. Thank you. And I think Inverness have enough to see off, but you can go 1 0. Uh, Dumbarton host uh, on fire Dunfermline after they beat Falkirk 4 1. What's going on with Falkirk? My, my God, what is going on? Falkirk, apparently, Falkirk are, they started slow last season as well when they picked up form, so. But Dunfermline, seem, they, after Rangers beat them, they just seem to yeah. be kicking on from there. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably go for a. Two one Dunfermline. I think Dunfermline have enough to see that. I think both Dunfermline win three 0 Falkirk in the south. Falkirk in the south. I'll probably go for two each. Two each. Uh, I'll go two one Falkirk. Uh, Morton Livingston. Morton Livingston. I'll go for a a three one Morton one. I'll go two, one each. One each draw. And finally, oh that's a that's a that's a decent game of the weekend. St Mirren host Dundee United. Oh, that's that's gonna be interesting. Um, I'll go for a a two-one St Mirren win. I think Dundee United are gonna do what they do best and grind out a two-one win. Yeah, I think it's safe to say United will come up. But it's, I think I think this will be a top one for them this it's, weekend. It's worth noting that the only team in the championship that have a perfect record is Dundee United. Played three, won three. Yeah. The, only team that's the only team that comes near that is Dunfermline who have played 3-1-2, drawn 1. St Mirren though, I think, I think they'll be up for it. And it, will be, it will be a tight game, it will, it will be, but I think St Mirren, I think they'll, they'll edge it. And, uh, and St Mirren, uh, they'll finish in the playoffs, that's for sure, but I think it's Dundee United's league. And uh, if they lose this weekend, that won't affect it. Well, it's actually interesting to touch on the Championship because that league's looking quite, very interesting, especially in the last couple of weeks when Morton, Morton started slow, Dunfermline starting quite fast, Dundee United starting the way many expected them to start. And Vanessa? I think, that's, as much as I've seen people giving a bit of hate towards it in Vanessa, that, that's pretty much a whole new squad they've got, so they need to bed in those players. And not to mention they've lost uh, Ross Draper to County. So and Josh Meekin signed for, Dundee. I think, Dundee, yes. So, so they've, got a lot, they've got a lot of players that need to get bedded in and they nearly took the three points at the weekend obviously I think it was Morton I think they were playing Morton equalised and stopped them taking the three points but uh, we, are we thinking the championship you see over the last uh, four or five seasons the championship's been like uh, there's been a lot of eyes on it I'll never forget that season though we like you could not make that up Rangers Hibs Hearts all in the second tier of Scottish football yeah. that is I thought that was just so bizarre and yeah it's even when Rangers and Hibs were in it intriguing then um, after that it was Dundee United and Hibs the championship is, has been interesting over the last uh, few I, years I said that to you I mean, the standard of football in the Premiership has improved but how do you think the standard of football throughout the leagues in Scotland has started especially to, in the championship yeah. to improve like championship used to always be that league where they, some teams played decent football and some other teams were lucky to be in the championship now those teams in the championship most of them I'd say about 8 of the 10 teams could Easily be pushing for that the a playoff spot or even the title. Do you know over the last three seasons, right? Um, don't quote me on this, but I think I'm positive about this. Over the last three seasons, a championship team has at least been in Scottish Cup semi final. Because remember, and uh, I think it was like in the Rangers and Hibs Scottish Cup final, two championship teams, the two it, championship teams. It, it only was. ever seems the the gap between the Premiership and the Championship only ever seems to show in the playoff final. That's when it starts to show. Yeah. Apart from that, he's beaten Hibs. That's the only because t- the Scottish Cup they do well, League Cup they tend to do well. Morton made the semi final of the League Cup last year, so. And Falkirk made the Scottish Cup final against um, Inverness Livingston, as well. Livingston in the sem- in the quarter final of the League Cup this year as well. So, teams the, the championship teams are, are holding their own against Premiership exactly, teams until they seem to reach the playoff final. Yeah. Then it then the ch- the Premiership team seems to show their Premiership we- wherewithal. The playoffs have been a great thing, haven't they? Yeah, I, hope, I hope we get a relegation this year from the playoff because it's it's quite boring with the team. What would you say has been your the most what do you think it's been the most entertaining uh, playoff final? It's got to be Hibs and Hamilton, hasn't it? Pro- probably in order, Hibs Hibs and Hamilton Rangers and Mother most likely. Because nobody expected that Rangers Mother was up at all. No one saw that coming. I mean, obviously last year's one kinda has to go down as the boring one, but what else did we expect? It was Dundee yeah. and Hamilton, so Yeah. But yeah, like even look at Hibs when they got relegated, that was probably the best thing that could have happened to them. It revitalised the club. Same with Hearts never went there for the playoff, obviously, but when they went down, totally revitalised the club. 
Rangers, it's a different story, obviously. Yeah, it was like, because obviously Rangers had Alan McCoyst and then McCoyst just totally, excuse my language, fucked everything up. <laughs> so he did. Yeah, and like Rangers have, of, of course, have improved, like, since then, like, hugely. It's not hard. But when Rangers won the championship, uh, the first time round under McCoyst, that was a worst goal in Rangers history. Yeah. That was that was bad. That if was Rangers a bad had time. Made, if Rangers had made it up, it would have been an absolute travesty. <laughs> Well, can you imagine Rangers came up for the playoffs that season? I think Rangers fans are talking about how disappointing their seasons in the Premier League, or the season in the Premier League, was last year. I think it would have been so much worse if they'd came up that. Season. Under Stuart McCall, it was not Stuart McCall's fault. Like he inherited that absolutely horrendous squad, and I didn't even expect us to get to the playoff final. When he did credit to him because that squad, George James, that was really bad we had Ian Black masking around in a Rangers jersey Ken Nonny was a footballer and he's a free agent by the way so I'd, I thought I'd be surprised if he gets a, a club in the, uh, the SPFL that's for sure um, but yeah that was a that was a dark time for a Rangers fan I'll tell you that and Hearts as well though, when, when they went <coughs> down it, they just done remarkable didn't they yep. done, done fantastic and then yeah that was interesting remember when it was Rangers Hibs and Hearts everyone thought that was going to be it's going to be a free horse race it's going to be really tight and then Oh, just steamrolled it they absolutely steamrolled it so uh, John James we'll, we'll leave it there um, so I know you need, you need to shoot off <laughs> Missy's is uh, waiting on you uh, so John James until uh, next week take care and uh, you two guys and we'll wait uh, see you soon